It's playoff time. Big stakes, bigger promotions every day of basketball and hockey playoffs. DraftKings will have $20,000 in total prizes up for grabs. The best part? It's free for you to get a shot at these daily cash prizes. DraftKings will be offering two free play pools every day of the NBA playoffs, offering players a free shot at $20,000 in total prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's game and track your results throughout the evening. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at $20,000 in total prizes every day of the playoffs. Head to DraftKings pool page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. Welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network, Saturday, May 22nd. Uh, Ian Cameron with you, and we are ready to uh, break down the Saturday uh, NHL Stanley Cup playoffs betting card. Um, very fascinating and exciting Friday night. Uh, thanks to everyone that either was in the chat or joined us live on the stream uh, during our second Ice Guys betcast on Friday night. Uh, it's been a whirlwind. We've had two marathon session betcasts this week, Tuesday, and then last night again on Friday. So, we're going to pump the brakes for at least a few days now with the betcasts. We need a little break. We need a little respite. It's actually a lot to, uh, you know, a lot of time on the air, especially yesterday because I did a bunch of shows in the afternoon uh, and then doing the betcast for six hours straight. It was a long day, uh, but we'll be probably looking at later in the week this upcoming week, like on a Wednesday or a Thursday or a Friday coming up this week to do our next betcast. Um, I should point out, too, uh, my status for this show you know, I don't miss many shows, but I might be, I not might be, I probably will be uh, missing the show on Monday. Uh, I am getting my first uh, COVID-19 vaccine dose. Uh, so um, I'll be uh, preoccupied with that. I believe my appointment is like 2.30 p.m. Eastern time uh, on Monday, which is uh, right when the show is going on. So I don't know what we're going to do for Monday's show. We'll have to wait and see. I'm going to try to make sure Alex and Jimmy uh, have a way to run the show and you know run, you know start the show and get into the, the application we use to do it. So uh, we'll try to make sure that we still have a show for you on Monday, even if I'm not here. Um, so that's definitely uh, the plan right now, still to do a Monday show, even if it's uh, not me here. So uh, keep an eye on that. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, but Jimmy and Alex, I think, will be around Monday, and we'll still hope to give you a nice guy show. I'm here today. I'm here tomorrow. We'll be out Monday. Hoping I'll be back Tuesday. I mean, I don't think there's one of those things where the, the getting the dope vaccine means I'm going to be out of commission for like several days. No, I think Monday I'll miss and then probably Tuesday I'll be back. So that's at least the plan. Um, last night, let's recap what we saw. Uh, I talked about my final thoughts at the end of the betcast, so I'll be brief with this. 
Um, Washington was terrible in the game last night uh, against Boston. They fully deserved what they got, losing that game 4-1. to one. That was an abysmal performance for everybody in a Capitals jersey outside of Ilya Samsonov. He's the only guy that showed up in that game. Blunders galore defensively, breakdowns in their own zone, and an offense that did nothing. It was shocking to me to see how bad the Capitals were at just getting a couple of passes to connect through the neutral zone, let alone generating offense, let alone generating scoring chances and really high danger looks. Their power play too looks broken. Since game one of this series, the Washington Capitals power play has been absolutely uh, non-existent. Um, so to me, this is absolutely a, a, a team that is not performing to the level they need to be, to the level that they're capable of. And that's on the entire team right now. And the problems that they're having at the moment, uh, trying to get this thing done. And it's collectively right now. Uh, but especially to see them having the trouble, not only not producing with the power play. I could, I could see that, you know, for as good as the Capitals power play is capable of being... Uh, all right. Um, yeah, Washington's power play was brutal uh, in that game last night. Their offense, look, it look, like I said, it looks broken. You know, Ovechkin's not doing much. What's Backstrom done in this series? Oshie looks like he's playing through an injury. I saw him laboring, skating around uh, the ice last night during game four. So you wonder if they're going to be um, uh, feeling or if he's feeling 100% right now. They just got issues like on the power play. They don't even set up. They don't even get a chance to set up and work the puck around and pepper shots toward the net on Tuka Rask uh, and really get that thrust of offense going. And it continues to be an issue right now for this uh, Washington team. And now they're down 3-1 and it looks like they're done in that series. Boston will try to eliminate them Sunday and they've been the better team now the last, uh, certainly last night. And they seem to be getting stronger as the series goes on. And now if Posternock starts scoring and he got off the schneid, for the Bruins last night, look out for Washington. Uh, Nashville, Carolina, uh, we've got uh, Nashville back in the series after an overtime win. And look, I've ripped uh, uh, Ryan Johansson and Matt Duchesne quite a bit uh, in the last couple of years. They've been uh, someone, they've been whipping boys in, uh, for me uh, the last couple of years, just how non-existent they've been in terms of getting big-time production and offense um, and big goals at clutch times. But look, give them credit where credit's due. They finally stepped up to the plate in game three last night. Johansson got a big uh, goal for Nashville. And Duchesne gets the overtime winner. Uh, and they end up winning 5-4. Uh, Rod Brindamore, by the way, sounding off to the media after last night's loss for the Carolina Hurricanes about the officiating, saying we've had our, we, the officiating's been one-sided against us. It's hard to argue with the numbers. I mean, Carolina's been penalized a ton in the last two games in this series. With the number of penalties they've taken, Carolina, whether they've taken them or whether they're bad calls by the refs, I don't. Uh, I think they've deserved some. I don't know if they've deserved all of them. Rod Brindamore certainly thinks they didn't deserve all of them. Um, you would think they'd have a hard time being up two to one in this series, and yet they still are. And after what Brindamore said last night, you got to believe. You know, subconsciously, referees are going to be looking to throw Carolina a bone in game four and maybe give Nashville an extra call or two for the first time. So if I'm Carolina, I'm not worried. Like, you've had a lot of things go against you. You didn't play that great in game two. Last night, Nashville threw their best punch at you. You took a shit ton of penalties again. It took the flow away. And what it does when you take a lot of penalties is it just totally takes you out of your five-on-five -five rhythm. 
And if you can't get any sort of rhythm or flow at five on five, it makes it a lot more difficult to win a hockey game, especially in the playoffs. And I definitely think we saw signs of that last night from uh, the uh, uh, from the Carolina Hurricanes. So you think after Brindamore barks about the refs that you would think Nashville gets a few more penalties the next game, and that's probably going to help Carolina's cause. But you look at it, they didn't play well in game two. Nashville threw their bit, biggest punch at Carolina that they possibly could, down 2 nothing in the series, at home in game three. Another game, Carolina was in the penalty box for a ton of it. And after all that, Nashville was still life or death to win that game last night. They still needed overtime to win, and they needed double overtime to finally win that game. So if I'm Nashville, I'm not thinking, wow, we got them right where they want them. No, if I'm Carolina, I'm like, we didn't play good in game two. Nashville threw everything at us in game three in their desperate uh, you know, desperation spot here down 2 nothing. We took a ton of penalties, and yet they still – still need a double overtime to beat us. It's not like they beat us 5-1 or 4-1 to convincingly. No, they barely got by with a double overtime win. If I'm Carolina, I'm still fully confident, and it still wouldn't surprise me to see them win the next two games and close this series out back home uh, in Carolina. Uh, next up, Winnipeg-Edmonton. Um, what can you say? This has been a marvelous clinic by the Winnipeg Jets. And Paul Maurice deserves a ton of credit. The Winnipeg Jets don't play rope-a-dope hockey. They don't play kitty by the bar the door, defensive-minded, not, not full-on trap hockey, but, boy, they are doing everything in their power to clog up the neutral zone, take away the Oilers' speed, take away the Oilers' time and space. And like I said, this is not generally a Winnipeg team that under Paul Maurice has played that way. They've been a rush-chance team. They've been a trade-chances kind of hockey team. They've pushed the pace. They've gone up and down the ice in most games with their opponents. But Paul Maurice said something before the series started. He said, we cannot play up and down hockey with Edmonton. That's not our method to win this series. And he has gotten each and every Winnipeg Jets player buying into playing, a defensive-minded, keep everything to the outside, worry about the play in your own zone first and foremost, and then the rest of the game will come. He's got them buying in, everybody, all 12 forwards, all six defensemen. They are all buying into playing a strong, sturdy, sound defensive game, active sticks, good body position, cut off the slot area, cut off the path to the front of the net and, in, and, to, the, and to the goal crease. And Winnipeg, as a result, is up 2-0 in this series playing that style because they have completely and utterly frustrated Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl. What the fuck has Ryan Nugent Hopkins done in this series? I mean, I, you talk about McDavid, and I've been hard on uh, rough on McDavid, rough on Dreisaitl. Nugent Hopkins, my gosh, uh, not a thing from him, not a peep out of him. Can't find him with a telescope on the ice. Holy gosh, terrible from him. Uh, does he, is he even playing in this series? That's what the Jets have done to the best players right now on the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, just, you know, gut it out, hang in there, defend, 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 and whatever offense we get, we'll get it because we're getting it from our sound, strong, tough, not giving you time, not giving you space, defensive effort that we're given in our own zone. And that's exactly what we're seeing here uh, from the uh, Winnipeg Jets in this series. Outstanding job. The coaching from Maurice has been marvelous because he clearly said to his team, if we want to win this series – and we want to, you know, surprise people and beat Edmonton. Again, a situation where not many people were giving the Jets a chance. Ehlers out, a banged-up team. They didn't play well at all down the stretch of the regular season. And 
Um, the Winnipeg Jets have said, you know what? If we buy into playing good, sound team defense, we can win this series. And so far, so good uh, in that department. As Winnipeg is up 2-0 with Paul Stastny with the game-winning goal uh, in overtime, seeing eye shot through a screen. Mike Smith didn't really track the puck at all well until, of course, it was already past him uh, and in the net. So uh, absolutely an outstanding defensive clinic. And look, part of that defensive clinic is Connor Hellebuck, looking like Vesna Trophy winner Connor Hellebuck again uh, in this series. He's been brilliant uh, in net for the Jets. And as a result, they're up 2-0 uh, in this series. Uh, Colorado, St. Louis. Look, St. Louis has just beaten the shit on the blue line. I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, Gunnarsson's already out. Pareko's clearly not 100%. He's not even close to 100%. He shouldn't even be playing. I know he's that important to the Blues, but what good is he if he's not even close to his uh, best level uh, on the ice? Um, Vince Dunn's still out. Robert Bortuzzo out. Justin Falk out. They had to start two guys right off the taxi squad as the fifth and sixth defensemen last night, the Blues, against that Colorado juggernaut. Uh, have fun with that. And the result was a five to one win uh, in favor of the uh, Colorado Avalanche. So it's just they're they're riddled with uh, injuries and depletion in the blue line right now. The St. Louis team, uh, Bennington's done everything he can, but look, he had a really bad mental gaffe and blunder with that first goal, leading to that first Colorado goal. He came out of the net, took a chance, got burned for it. Um, and I don't think he was quite as sharp last night. You got to wonder if he's wearing down a bit too. He's faced a shit ton of rubber, a lot of pucks, a lot of shots on goal have been fired his way in the first three games of this series by the Colorado Avalanche. And you got to wonder if he's buckling under the heavy workload and immense amount of uh, pressure and shots that he's faced in this series. So it's looking like possibly a sweep. It would not shock me one bit to see Colorado get the brooms out. Craig Berube, desperation really. Uh, last night after the game, uh, ripping the referees, saying this is so one-sided, it's ridiculous with the calls. No, you know what, Craig? What's one-sided is the matchup on the ice. That's what's one-sided. Colorado is just better, flat out. In all areas of this series, they've been better. They're faster. They're deeper. They've got four lines that can score. St. Louis doesn't. They've got six strong, quick, mobile Excellent defenders on the blue line. You don't. Your line, your blue line is completely beaten up and ravaged right now. And look, Bennington's been uh, probably as good or slightly better than Grubauer, but Grubauer hasn't needed to be really all that excellent. So, you know, to me, that's just that's Craig Berube just trying to get the refs on his side for game four because he knows his team needs all the help it can get to try to avoid a four-game sweep because they're just beaten to shit right now. They're beaten up. They're battered. They're injured. They're injury riddled. They're in their 30s as an average age. Collectively, this Blues team, they're an older team. He's just trying to do whatever he can to like, I need all the help I can get. I got a blue line that's depleted. I've got no depth scoring right now. Uh, I've got guys playing through pain, not even close to 100%. I think Tarasenko, you can throw him in that department. He's not 100% right now. Pareko ain't 100%. We're against an absolutely incredible Colorado team right now. I need to somehow, if I if I can somehow criticize the refs publicly after game three last night and hope that maybe we get a few more calls uh, and maybe that helps us squeeze out a win in game four, I'm going to do it. You know, I really think that's probably what he was thinking uh, with ripping the refereeing uh, following game three last night. Let's just try to get some kind of help for his hockey team right now. And they need all the help they can get, and they will look to avoid a four-game sweep the hands of the Colorado Avalanche tomorrow. All right, so that was last night. Let's turn the page to today because we have a game that's starting in about 15 minutes. 
first of four today in Stanley Cup playoff action. We've got the Florida Panthers and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, Tampa Bay minus 145 to minus 150. Uh, uh, actually, even minus 155 now in some spots. Uh, home favorites in this game. Uh, the total, five and a half in some spots, six in others. Uh, so make sure you shop around and, and look for the uh, best of the number in terms of the uh, price with that. Um, Florida, off the mat. In impressive fashion, and it's not just that really that they were off the mat. They went off the mat a couple of times in Game Three. They had the start I thought they would. They come out, came out just guns blazing in that opening period uh, against Tampa Bay. They got out to the quick two nothing lead. That was a best bet winner for me. Florida first period in Game Three, and then all of a sudden Tampa Bay woke up. They got a two to one goal. And Florida, I think, I don't know what it was, panicked. They just made some mistakes. Uh, Tampa Bay got a surge, a swell of momentum from that first goal. And all of a sudden, by the end of the second period, what was a 2-0 Florida lead after one turned into a 5-3 Tampa Bay lead after the second period. And at that point, you're thinking, stick a fork in Florida. They're done. I mean, my goodness, they threw out that incredible first period, uh, down 2-0 in the series only to see Florida just absolutely you know annihilate them in the second period outscore them 5 to 1 in the second period and take a 5 to 3 lead and you think Florida's done I mean how could you not you think they're completely completely disheartened and and their backs have been broken at that point but they come out of the gate storming in the third down by 2 they get to 5-4 they tie at 5-5 and Ryan Lomberg, fourth line goal for the Florida Panthers in overtime. Uh, a guy that's been in the face of the lightning throughout this series. He's an instigator. He's an agitator. He's a pest. He's the Brad Marchand, except not as skilled. Doesn't put up the offense that Brad Marchand does, not even close. But he's the same style of player in terms of the, you know, the, the, the antics on the ice, I guess you could say. And Ryan Lomberg, who wasn't even on this Florida team at the beginning of the season, Gets the overtime winner, 6-5. to five. Um, This is an interesting one. Florida now has belief again because of that win. Flor- Tampa Bay on the flip side, we know how good Tampa Bay is off a loss. We know that. They, their track record and being able to avoid uh, two consecutive losses is well documented. They've been absolutely terrific in that regard. Can they keep it going here is going to be the big question uh, going into this game against the uh, Panthers because we know they have been awesome in terms of not losing two games in a row. And Joel Quenville, you know, decided, you know what, we need to give Chris Drieger, uh, we, we need to give him a break. You know, it hasn't, the, the, the second game wasn't really his fault, but the third game wasn't a great performance from him by any stretch of the imagination. And when they were down 5-3, he goes to Sergei Bobrovsky, back to goalie Bob, and goalie Bob's solid. He only faced nine shots. But he was solid. He kept Florida in the game when that game was uh, – they were still trailing at that point. And now he's going to go back to Sergei Bobrovsky here this afternoon in just a few minutes for a start here in this game. Like I say, I thought Florida was a, was live. They had a puncher's chance in this series. I can't say I'm running to back Florida today, but I'm definitely not going to lay a price with Tampa. There is some momentum now on the Florida side, and the question is going to be can they keep that momentum going here. As far as the total goes, if you can find five and a half, um, I do like the over uh, in this game uh, at five and a half. At six, I'm a little bit more lukewarm. It is an early start. 
Uh, these teams have been pretty much neutral in terms of their totals results in these afternoon games today. In fact, we'll get to the Penguins Islanders in just a second. Those two teams are combined 10 and 9 to the over uh, in afternoon games this year. Um, I do think it'll get over that number. I, Bobrovsky, especially the one start that Bobrovsky made in this series was game one. You know, and we saw what happened in that series, a 5-4, back and forth, high-scoring affair. So, look, now he's got to play a full game. It's one thing to come off the bench in, in a relief role and, and come in there and try to play well, catch lightning in a bottle. But Bobrovsky's still got to show you he can play good hockey in the net, start to finish in a complete game for the Florida Panthers, which he was not able to do when he started in game one. Uh, for this Panthers team. So I do like the, that's my strongest stance on this game is over. There is a five and a half at heritage bet online. A couple places uh, have this total in the uh, five and a half range. It's six shaded to the under in a lot of other spots. So shop around, see if you can find the five and a half. If you can't, I, I still wouldn't say don't bet it at six, but I just obviously you'd always prefer it, uh, especially at playoff time at five and a half. But I, I would not fully be on board with trusting uh, Sergei Bobrovsky yet. And that's also why I'm I'm lukewarm on Florida because for a full game at playoff time, we still got to see what Bobrovsky's got. You know, it's one thing for him to steady the ship and coming in off the bench for Drieger the other night, but can he do it here in this one? So five and a half, six over the total for me. Uh, again, shop around, see if you can find a five and a half in this one. Uh, we'll see how this game starts. I think if you like Tampa Bay, this could be the opposite of game three where maybe the first period it's their turn to have a strong start in this game. So maybe you could do a Tampa Bay minus a half goal in the first period if you like the Lightning. Uh, that's not a bad way to go. But I'm just going to stick mostly here with the over. I do think we'll see that this game get at least six goals, Panthers and Lightning. All right, Pittsburgh Penguins, New York Islanders. We've got even money, minus 110 both sides here. Total five and a half shaded to the under uh, in this game. Uh, Pittsburgh looking to take a stranglehold in this series. They're up two to one. It was a contentious game three. It was a rough physical game three. Uh, there was a lot of um, uh, scrums and rough play uh, after the whistle, which was great to see. I mean, that's what you want. You want scrums and, and rough play, all of that stuff in situations like that, where it's not because you're responding to a cheap hit or a dirty play. You are just responding to, hey, I want to beat you. You're in our way trying to get to a Stanley Cup. We want to beat you. We don't like you. And that's what that nastiness came from, uh, essentially, in Game 3 of this Penguins-Islanders series. So it was good to see the uh, temperature rise uh, in that series. So uh, interesting to see uh, how it plays out here uh, in this game. Um, but when I look at it here, um, it's going to be um, a situation for me where I'm probably going to stick a little bit to this game over the total. Um, it's going to be a small play because we have seen this series be a sort of an over-under-over trend. By the way, Alex B. Smith is on the over in this game, five and a half. He said it on the BetCast. Alex is uh, uh, not with us today because he's just not feeling well, a little under the weather. I don't think it has anything to do with last night, but you know he gets these recurring uh, headaches every now and then, so he's got those today. Uh, that's why he was unable to join us on the show. Uh, but he does like the over in this game, and I kind of line up with him in that regard. Because if you're going to get a chippy game, you're going to get penalties. And look, Varlamov, uh, to be honest with you, in net for the Islanders has not been great. And he really wasn't spectacular down the stretch either. Um, and we've seen Jari obviously be up and down. Uh, we've seen, and again, when, when you're going to get a series like this and there's going to be 
bad blood that just continues to gradually increase, gradually rise as the series goes on. If you get more penalties, you get more chances for goals here. I'm on Pittsburgh to win the series. We're in good shape. They're up two to one. I'm not overconfident yet. Uh, this is still a long series to go. This is still a regimented, disciplined Islanders team that doesn't go away. Look at the Islanders the other night. They kept falling behind Pittsburgh and falling behind Pittsburgh, and the Islanders kept responding. This is a character-laden team. They're not going away quietly. The series ain't over. I like the position Pittsburgh is in, um, but uh, I, I I know the Islanders are going to respond in kind today. So uh, I'm not betting the Islanders to win the game, but uh, again, I'm definitely not going to be looking for Pittsburgh to go up 3-1 because this is where you would expect the Islanders to do everything they can in their power to throw everything at Tristan Jari to come out strong early, quickly uh, in this game, get the lead. And look, if they get the lead, and that's the key, if they get the lead, they have that capability of putting the clamps down. I'm on the over for the game, but if I if I see the Islanders get the first goal, especially early, I might be tempted to bet a live in-game under because the, the flow of the game, when you compare the Islanders having the lead to the game either being tied or Pittsburgh having the lead. It's a completely different flow of game. And you see it. You know, game one, Pittsburgh had the early lead, and that game went over the total. You know, game two, Islanders bounced back, got the lead. Uh, or sorry, game one, Islanders took the lead, but uh, it was back and forth. Game two was just one of those tight games, and it stayed under. Game three, Pittsburgh kept going in front, and it forced the Islanders to open up. It forced the Islanders to have to open up because they were trailing in the game and just the flow and the amount of chances and the amount of wide open opportunities in the game. And when the New York Islanders are involved, it changes dramatically from when the game is tied or they're trailing to when they're leading, when the Islanders are lead, they put the, they put the old brake pedal down and they try to, you know, really protect that lead. Uh, and we'll have to uh, wait and see. Yeah. There's, there's people that have said that about trots before, you know, you never see his neck, but uh, it's, which is true. That doesn't take away from the fact he's a really good coach, though. So should be interesting to see how this one goes. But I'm going to be on the over full game. Alex likes the over full game. I have nothing on the side. I, I, I'm almost at the point where I'm ready to tap out when it comes to Jake Gensel to score. I was I really liked it in game three. It still didn't come in. Um, I would just stick with the guys that are feeling it for Pittsburgh right now. Um, Crosby, Jeff Carter. I think Jeff Carter, you just got to bet him every game right now to score a goal. That's the one I would go with. Jeff Carter's just feeling it right now. He had a great interview after game three, after that win for the Penguins, saying, I, I know my role. I'm comfortable in my role. I'm happy with where I'm at with this team right now. So this is a guy that is firmly entrenched and comfortable, you know, in his new surroundings. It's not, he's found a comfort level. He's thriving in it. And, you know, I, I would rather, you know, go with the guy that has found ways to score in this series, Jeff Carter, in terms of goal scorer props this afternoon in this game, rather than pound my head against the wall and try to think that Jake Gensel's finally going to hit the board. It's just snake bit right now. The chances are there. The opportunities are there. The puck's just not going in the net for him right now. Uh, could that change? Absolutely. But I'd like to see a semblance of it changing first before I bet it. Uh, so I think Jeff Carter goal score prop will be a bet for me over five and a half will be nothing on the side. And again, Alex is on that over as well in this Islanders Penguins game. All right. Next up, we've got uh, Montreal and Toronto game two of this series. 
the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs trying to respond, trying to do what Edmonton couldn't, uh, and that's respond uh, to a game one loss. We've got the uh, Leafs right here, uh, big favorites, as you'd expect, minus 180, five and a half the total. Uh, I'm on the Leafs first period here, minus a half. I'm doing this. Maybe I'm going to rue the day that I made this bet again, much like I felt with Edmonton last night with that first period puck line, which fell short, uh, which ended scoreless after the first period. I, I, I like this one more, though. I really do. First of all, Toronto's better than Edmonton. Okay, let's not let's not try to put Edmonton and Toronto in the same category in terms of quality of team. Toronto has grit. Toronto has capabilities of playing good defense, playing a tough physical brand of hockey, scoring dirty goals, scoring tough goals. They can do that now. Um, Edmonton still can't, and I think they've proven that. Uh, Toronto is, I think, more adept at that. So that puts them at a better chance to bounce back than maybe the Oilers. That's number one. Number two. The John Tavares incident's going to. This is this is a win one for the Gipper game for Toronto. You know the captain now. This is the first full game without him. Um, this is a chomping at the bit, not only to tie the series, but it's got that kind of win one for the Gipper, win one for our fallen captain, a John Tavares element to it. And I think it shows right from the beginning of this game. I like the creative uh, line adjustments and the lineup tweaks that. Sheldon Keefe has made going into this game, even without Tavares. He's taken Riley Nash out. Look, Riley Nash is a good, useful player, but he he was clearly a step slow, step behind the pace, didn't have much of an impact or thumbprint of uh, the imprint on the game uh, in game one. And he's taken the uh, obviously Tavares is out, uh, Riley Nash is out, and instead Pierre Engvall's going in, uh, and also Alex Galchenyuk is going in for the Leafs. And Galchenyuk played really well for the Leafs down the stretch. He forechecked well. He generated scoring chances. He played well on that line. And, of course, Pierre Engvall was one of the better Leaf forwards in the last five to ten games of the regular season. And he only was and he was only a healthy scratch in game one because of the numbers game. Because Riley Nash was coming back. And they just wanted to go with a little bit more veteran lineup. But Pierre Engvall, based on merit, I think probably could and should have played in game one. They're gonna. He's gonna be in tonight, which is good to see. Galchenyuk as well, and of course Galchenyuk facing his former team, the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, I absolutely like Alex Galchenyuk to score tonight. You talk about one of my favorite goal scorer props today. Uh, obviously, I like Jeff Carter in the Pittsburgh game, but I really, really, really like Alex Galchenyuk to score for some reason. I just think he's in the lineup. He's facing a team that you know things didn't pan out well for him there in Montreal. Uh, it ended poorly for him with the Habs. There's always that burning desire to score a goal uh, against your former team. I think you see that from uh, Galchenyuk tonight uh, in this game. Keep an eye on that for sure. Uh, he's plus 350 in some spots to score a goal. Alex Galchenyuk uh, for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, I like that one quite a bit. And look, if the Leafs are going to win this game, you're not going to get the value on guys like Austin Matthews to score a goal. He's only minus 115 anytime goal scorer. But look, if the Leafs are going to win, and how many games does Austin Matthews go? Multiple games without scoring. Of course, he didn't find the back of the net in game one. Uh, normally, I don't advocate laying a price with a goal scorer prop, but it's almost you got to put something on Austin Matthews here in this spot. Uh, minus 115 uh, here to be able to uh, score a goal uh, in this uh, game. So Matthews to score, Galchenyuk to score. Uh, and as far as the total is concerned, though, uh, I'm, 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 it seems to have been 
a lower scoring start to this series. I think it could continue that way. Look, Price is on his game. Price played well in game one, and he played well in the first series last year as well. Uh, Jack Campbell continues to be good. You know, the game one, two to one loss was not his fault. He couldn't have done anything about those two goals that went in past him. He continues to still play pretty well uh, for the uh, Leafs in net. And you look at Montreal, they're trying to make this a lower scoring series. You know, they're trying to keep these games two to one, three to one. They know that is their method and their pathway to victory uh, in this series. So uh, they want to keep this a little bit more of a, you know, neutral zone type of war. They don't want to get into a battle of pace. They don't want to trade scoring chances uh, with this Leafs team. They're probably going to want to stick to that kind of uh, style of play here in this game. So I, I, I don't love the over here. I'd actually lean under five and a half in this game. But as of right now, I've got Galchenyuk to score, Austin Matthews to score. I might even sprinkle again on Josh Anderson and Tyler Toffoli for the Canadians. I think every game for them, it's worth it to sprinkle something on those two guys. They have been the bell cows. They have been the catalysts. They have been outstanding offensive difference makers all season long for this uh, Montreal Canadiens team. Toffoli and Tyler Toffoli and Josh Anderson. I certainly wouldn't talk you out of those goal scorer props. The only side and total bet I have pregame is Toronto Maple Leafs first period puck line minus a half plus 150. Uh, I think they have a chance to come out really strong, answer the bell that they're losing their captain to injury the other night, down one nothing in the series. I've got a lot more faith in Toronto giving me the response I was hoping Edmonton would last night than what the Oilers gave me. So Toronto first period puck line minus a half plus 150 uh, for me with the Habs and the Leafs. All right, next game uh, and final game uh, of this Saturday slate. It's the Terry Edelman special, Vegas Golden Knights, Minnesota Wild. Uh, we've got Vegas right now around a minus 120 to minus 125 road favorite here in game four. Uh, the total five and a half in this game, uh, shaded slightly to the under. You know, Minnesota disappointed me greatly in that game because they had the perfect start they had the quick 2-0 lead, uh, and it seemed like every shot they were throwing at the net at Marc-Andre Fleury was going in uh, in that game. And then all of a sudden, uh, look, um, was the officiating a little bit not great in that game? I would say yes, uh, that is true. But at the same point in time, Minnesota just you know got completely whipped in the second period and in the third period. You know, at one point, the shots on goal in the game uh, in game three for Vegas were 37 to 15 and that's in Minnesota on the wilds home ice. And they were getting outshot that way. It was just a very, very disheartening and they completely fell flat. It's not that they fell flat. They fell flat because of the way Vegas was playing. Vegas suffocated Minnesota. They had the puck most of the time. Uh, they were buzzing in the Minnesota zone, uh, far too much, uh, early, uh, in that hockey game, uh, they were, or I should say, later on in that hockey game as it went on, uh, and the four-check pressure of the Vegas Golden Knights for the first time, truly in this series, made a difference. You know, where and that's when Vegas is absolutely difficult to beat. When they four-check you to death, they keep you pinned in your own zone. They just work that puck around the offensive zone, and what they do, the Golden Knights, when they do that, you know, is they wear you down. And they wear you out. And I think we clearly saw evidence of that happening to the Minnesota Wild. And look, I think our, our, our wild friend Terry Edelman in the chat will agree with me here. 
We need a little bit more right now from Kaprizov and Fiala. All right, we do. They've had great seasons for this team. They've been absolutely magnificent. They've had terrific regular season efforts for both of these teams throughout for, 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 for this wild team, both of these guys, I should say, throughout the season offensively. They've been what's who, the, the guys that have carried this team offensively. Let's go. C- come on, Kirill, the thrill. Thrill us. We're waiting. We're waiting with bated breath. You're the thrill, right? You're supposed to be. Let's see it. Let's see the thrills on the ice tonight uh, in game four, in a game that for all intents and purposes, the Minnesota Wild have to win. You can't go back to Vegas, to the fortress there, the lair uh, in, at T-Mobile Arena, uh, and be down three games to one in this series. That can't happen. So uh, it is vital. It is important here for the uh, Minnesota Wild to find a way to win this game. Simple as that. Um, I am going to sprinkle on Minnesota full game money line, but I am definitely stronger uh, in terms of my opinion and my bet size, my wager amount on Minnesota in the first period which is around plus 100, plus 105, right around even money, uh, Minnesota. You'd think the first 20 minutes is the time of the game where they got to come out steaming, come out of the gate flying, take it to Vegas, get that first goal, change the complexion. They had a great start in game three so they on home ice at the XL Energy Center, and then it went completely to shit, and they got dominated in the last 40 minutes uh, of that hockey game. The question now is going to be, you know, can they duplicate that start that they had in the first period of game three and then maintain it throughout the course of the entire game. I don't know if that will happen, but I do think the first period, that's why I have more on the first period. It's like an 80 to 20 percentage split for me, 20% full game money line with Minnesota, but 80% is that first period, which I think is the stronger way to go uh, in terms of uh, Minnesota here in game four tonight. Um, And you know, what's dangerous too for, Vegas is that Max Pacioretty could be back tonight. We don't know yet for sure. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights haven't updated his situation, but they're taking it on a day-to-day basis. Uh, we do have a Tampa Bay Lightning goal, by the way. They just scored a second ago, one uh, nothing Lightning uh, over the uh, Panthers three minutes into the game. Um, Pacioretty will have to wait on his status. Uh, we haven't heard anything yet. It's a later game, so we have not seen morning skate yet today for either the Golden Knights uh, or the Wild as of this uh, podcast recording and as of this uh, live viewing on YouTube. Uh, so we'll wait and see on that uh, in terms of Pacioretty. Uh, the last update I have for him is um, another couple of days to get ready. He's been a game-time decision the first three games, hasn't played, uh, but another chance maybe here in game four tonight. So uh, we will wait and see uh, if the uh, <clears throat> if the uh, Vegas Golden Knights get Max Pacioretty uh, back on the ice for game uh, four tonight. But a concern for Vegas is, look, Marcia has gotten some offense going. Mark Stone finally finds the back of the net as well uh, in the game three victory. And now all of a sudden, certain players on the Golden Knights that didn't have a whole lot of confidence earlier in the series, they're starting to find their legs. They're starting to get their game going. And that could be dangerous for Minnesota. So, look, we're starting to see the big guns elevate make an impact for the Golden Knights. Mark Stone, perfect example in Game 3. It is time for Kaprizov. It is time for Fiala. It is time for Zuccarello. Those guys in particular to get something going. Look, Joel Eriksson-Eck was good. Maybe he was the best forward the other night for the Minnesota Wild. But they need more uh, from Kaprizov 
and Fiala in particular, because those are the guys that have truly been dynamos this year for the Minnesota Wild offensively. So that's important. Uh, so I like Minnesota first period, much smaller on the Minnesota Wild in the full game. And I'm going to go back to the well with over five and a half as well in this game. I said that the two games in Vegas going under, the expected goals for both teams after those first two games of the series, that both goal teams in both games should have scored around 5.4, 5.6 goals in those two games. And finally, we saw the goals start to uh, fl uh, flow a little bit and start to go in uh, for both teams, but especially Vegas in game three. And that was the first over of the series. And look, I think Minnesota plays a looser style of game defensively at home than they do on the road. It certainly looked that way in this series. I thought they were much tighter in terms of their gap control and their defensive zone coverage uh, in game number, uh, in game one and two in Vegas. Uh, than they were in game three the other night. So uh, I do think this game goes up and over five and a half with the uh, Golden Knights and the Wild. And then we'll do a uh, Minnesota first period and a much smaller bet on Minnesota full game. But like I said, I like the first period option uh, a lot better there with uh, the uh, Minnesota Wild tonight as they take on the Golden Knights in a very important game four uh, as they look to avoid a 3-1 series deficit uh, in this series. All right, good stuff, guys. Uh, that is the uh, Saturday uh, NHL uh, Stanley Cup playoffs betting card. Uh, we analyzed each and every game. Uh, thanks to everyone for tuning in. A reminder, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, use the promo code THPN. Great time of year. NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball daily. Lots of sports betting options on the menu. When you download the DraftKings app and sign up for an account, uh, you will get a deposit bonus, weekly specials and incentives, bet boosts, all of that available if downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app, signing up for an account, and using that promo code THPN. All right, it is time for best bets for this Saturday slate. Uh, I am going to go with, in terms of a best bet on this card, I'm going to go with the Toronto Maple Leafs, minus a half, plus 150 in the first period. Again, I like that value. Like with Edmonton last night, I might lose this game. This may be 0-0 after the first period or tied after the first. Hell, maybe Montreal's actually up after the first, although I don't see that happening. With Tavares, being that that's a galvanizing situation to bring this team together here for game two. Uh, Toronto, minus a half goal, plus 150 first period. If it loses, it loses, but I'll say this right now. Just like with Edmonton last night, who lost to Winnipeg, I would rather lose a bet on Toronto at a plus 150 price than lose a bet on Toronto, say, if I laid the minus 180 on the money line with them in this game. Just like last night. Yeah, I lost with Edmonton, but who would you rather be? Me that lost the first period bet on Edmonton at plus 150, plus 155, or the person that actually took Edmonton on the money line at minus 170? And lost that bet. I'd rather lose a plus price than lose a big uh, tag like that with a, a team as uh, massive favorites like that. So that's why when it's a bigger favorite like Toronto tonight or Edmonton last night, I'd rather take my chances on, especially when they're off a loss, I'd rather take my chances on the strong start at a terrific price. And that's exactly what I'm doing here. Toronto Maple Leafs, minus a half goal, plus 150, first period against the Montreal Canadiens. That is my best bet. Uh, for this Saturday card. That'll wrap up this edition of 
The Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. A reminder, The Ice Guys is live on YouTube seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, you can download The Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and iHeart. This is Ian Cameron, host of The Ice Guys. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Enjoy the games and good luck. Have a great Saturday, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow on Sunday for another edition of The Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. 